0: chapter nineteen of trail's end by george w ogden this librivox recording is in the public domain the curse of blood sensitive as a barometer to every variation every shading in public sentiment and sympathy morgan patrolled the town nightly until the streets were deserted night by night he felt rather than saw the growing insolence of the pale feeders on the profits of vice, the confidence in some approaching triumph gleamed in their furtive eyes. None of the principals, few of the attendant vultures, had left Ascalon. The sheriff had returned from his excursion after cattle thieves, and contrary to the expectation of anybody, had brought one lean and hungry, hound-faced man with him and locked him up in jail. But the sheriff was taking no part in the new city marshal's campaign in the town, certainly not to help him. If he worked against him in the way his fat, big, jowled face proclaimed that it was his habit to work, no evidence of it was in his manner when he met Morgan. He was a friendly, puffied-handed man, loud in his hail and farewell to the riders who came in from the far-off cow camps to see for themselves this wide-heralded reformation of the godless town of ascalon these visitors lately food for the mills of the place walked about as curiously as fowls liberated in a strange yard after long confinement in a coop they looked with uncomprehending eyes on the closed doors of pedin's famous temple of excesses they turned respectful eyes on morgan as he passed them in his silent determined rounds and presently after meeting the white-shirted coatless dealers look-out men macaro they began to have a knowing look an air of expectant hilarity after a little they usually mounted and rode away laughing among themselves like men who carried cheerful tidings to sow upon the way in that manner ascalon remained closed five nights nobody contesting the authority of the new marshal not a shot fired in the streets on the afternoon of the sixth day an unusual tide of visitors began to set in to this railroad port of ascalon by sundown the hitching rack around the square was packed with horses dora conboy told morgan she had never waited on so many people before in her hotel experience at dusk morgan brought his horse from the livery stable mounted with his rifle under the crook of his knees at nine o'clock Pedden threw open his doors the small luminaries which led a dim existence in his effulgence following suit all according to their preconcerted plan there was a shout and a break of wild laughter a scramble for the long bar with its five attendants working with both hands a scrape of fiddles and a squall of brass a squeaking of painted and bedizened drabs who capered and frisked like mice after their long inactivity, and on the inflow of custom and the uprising of jubilant mirth, Pedden turned his quick, crafty eyes as he stood at the head of the bar to welcome back to his doors this golden stream. Close within Pedden's wide door, on either hand, two vigilant strangers stood, each belted with two revolvers, each keeping a hand near his weapons. One of these was a small, thin faced white rat of a man the other tall lean leathery burned by sun roughened by weather a shoot from the tree that produced seth craddock he might have been solemn like him and grim del hunton county treasurer cigar planted so far to one corner of his wide thin mouth that wrinkles gathered about it like the leathery folds of an old man's skin came to peden where he stood at the bar all set for him he said drawing his eyes small as he peered around through the fast thickening smoke, let him come," said Pedden, watching the door with expectant, vindictive eyes. The news of Pedden's defiance swept over the town like a taint on the wind. Not only that Pedden had opened his doors to the long thirsting crowd gathered by the advertised news of a big show for that night, but that he had posted two imported gunfighters inside his hall with instructions to shoot the city marshal if he attempted to interfere with the spread of this news men began to gather in front of pedans to see what the city marshal was going to do how he would accept this defiance if he meant to accept it and what the result to him would be judge sayer came down to the square without his alpaca coat his perturbation was so great looking for morgan talking of swearing in a large number of deputies to uphold the law this was received coldly by the men of ascalon upholding the law was the city marshal's business they said if he couldn't do it alone let the law drag let it fall underfoot where it seemed the best place for it in that town anyhow so judge thayer went on looking around the square for morgan not finding him nor anybody who had seen him within the last half-hour rita was working late in the headlight office preparing for the weekly issue of the paper this disquieting news had come in at her door like the wave of a flood she had no thought of work from that moment only to stand at the door listening for the dreaded sound of shooting from the direction of pedden's hall Just Thayer found her standing in the door when he completed his search around the square his heart falling lower at every step he's gone morgan's deserted us he said gone she repeated in high scorn he'll be the last to go i can't find him anywhere i've hunted all over town nobody has seen him i tell you rita he's gone i wish to heaven he would go what right have we to ask him to give his life to stop the mean miserable squabbles of this suburb of hell i think you'd better run along home now riley will go with you why child you're cold he drew her into the office urging her to put on her bonnet and go i'll stay here and see it out she said oh if he would go if he would go but he'll never go she threw herself into the chair beside her littered desk hands clenched face white as if she bore a mortal pain only to leap up again in a moment run to the door listen as if she sought a voice out of the riotous sound judge thayer had none of this poignant concern for morgan's welfare he was not a little nettled over his failure to find the marshal and that officer's apparent shunning of the duty in face of this mocking challenge to his authority why rita you wanted him to take the office you urged him to he reminded her i don't understand this sudden concern for the man's safety in disregard of his oath and duty this this unaccountable i didn't know him then I didn't know him," she said in piteous low moan. Judge Thayer looked at her with a sudden sharp turning of the head, as if her words had expressed something beyond their apparent meaning. He came slowly to the door, where he stood beside her a little while in silence, hand upon her shoulder tenderly. "I'll look around again," he said, "and come back in a little while." Meanwhile, in Peden's place, the celebrants at the altar of alcohol were rejoicing in this triumph of personal liberty where was this man-eating city marshal what had become of that knock-kneed horse wrangler from bitter creek they had heard so much about they drank fiery toasts to his confusion they challenged him in the profane emphasis of scorn upon what was his fame based they wanted to be told the mere corralling of certain stupid drunk men the lucky throw of a rope he never had killed a man With the mounting of their hastily swilled liquor, the hilarious patrons of Peden's Hall became more contemptuous of the city marshal. His apparent avoidance of trouble, his unaccountable absence, his failure to step up and meet this challenge from Peden became a grievance against him in their inflamed heads. They had counted on him to make some kind of a bluff, to add something either of tragedy or comedy to this big show. Now he was hiding out, and they resented it in the proper spirit of men deprived of their rights they began to talk of going out to find him of dragging him from his hole and starting a noise behind him that would scare him out of the country peden encouraged this growing notion if morgan wouldn't bring his show there go after him and make him stand on his hind legs like a dog after a few more drinks after a dance after another stake at the all-devouring tables of chance they turned to these diversions in the zest of long abstinence in the redundant vitality of youth mocking all restraint insolent of any reckoning of circumstance or time pedden distended with satisfaction to see the free spending the free flinging of money into his games a little virtuous recess seemed to be profitable it was like giving a horse a rest his two guards waited at the door his lookout at the faro table swept the hall from his high chair with eyes keen to mark any hostile invasion morgan never could come six feet inside his door well satisfied with himself and the beginning of that night's business exceedingly comfortable in the thought that this defiance of law would bring a newer and wider notoriety to himself and the town of which he was the spirit peden sauntered among the boisterous merrymakers on his floor dancers were worming and shuffling in close embrace couples breaking out of the whirl now and then to rush to the bar players stood deep around the tables men reached over each other's shoulders to take their drinks from the bar all was haste and hilarity all a crowding of pleasure with hard pursuing feet a snatching at the elusive thing with rough Boisterous hands with loud laughter with wild yells pleasure indeed seemed to be on the flight before these coarse revelers who pursued it blindfold down the steps of destruction unaware peden shouldered his way through the throng toward the farther end of the long bar nodding here with a friendly smile stopping now and then to shake hands with some specially favored patron throwing commands among his female entertainers from his cold, hard, soulless eyes as he passed along. And in that sociable progression down his thronging hall ten feet from the farther end of his famous bar, Peden came face to face with Morgan, as grim as judgment among the crowd of wastrels and women of poisoned lips who fell back in breathless silence to let him pass. Morgan was carrying his rifle, his pistol hung at his side the big shield of office once worn by seth craddock was pinned on the pocket of his shirt his broad-brimmed hat threw a shadow over his stern face peden stopped with a little start of withdrawal at the sight of morgan surprised out of his poise chilled perhaps at the thought of the long pistol shot between this unexpected visitor and the hired killers at his front door the way between them blocked by a hundred revellers so this was the cunning of this range wolf to come in at his back door and fall upon him in surprise peden's resentment rose in that second of reflection with the dull fire that spread in his dark face he flung his hand to his revolver throwing aside the skirt of his long coat let your gun stay where it is morgan quietly advised him get these people out of here and close this place show me your authority peden demanded scouting for a moment of precious time the musicians in the little orchestra pit behind morgan ceased playing on a broken note the shuffle of dancing feet stopped short up the long bar the loud hilarity quieted across the hall the clash of pool balls cut sharply into the sudden stillness as quickly as wind makes a rift in smoke the revelers fell away from morgan and peden leaving a fair way for the shooting they expected to begin at the door. Peden stood as he had stopped, hand upon his gun. Morgan stepped up to him in one long, quick stride, rifle muzzle close against Peden's broad white shirt front. In that second of hesitant delay, the breath of portentous bluff, Morgan had read Peden to the roots. A man who had it in him to shoot did not stop at anybody's word, when he was that far along the way clear this place and lock it up morgan repeated the temperature of the crowded hall seemed to fall forty degrees in the second or two morgan stood pushing his rifle against peden's breastbone those who had talked with loud boasts picturesque threats high-pitched laughter of going out to find this man but a little while before were silent now and cold around the gills as fish morgan was watching the two men at the front door while he held peden up those few seconds he knew there was no use in disarming peden to turn him loose where he could get fifty guns in the next two seconds if he wanted them he believed in truth that there was not much to fear from this fellow who depended on his hired retainers to do his killing for him so when peden watching morgan calculatively shifted a little to get himself out of line so that he would not stand a barrier between his gunslingers and their target and longer block the opening of operations to clear the hall of this upstart morgan let him go then with a sudden bound peden leaped across into the crowd a moment of strained waiting quiet as the empty night morgan standing out a fair target for any man who had the nerve to pull a gun then a stampede in more of sudden fear and caution by those lined up along the bar and the two hired killers at the front of the house began to shoot morgan pitched back on his heels as if mortally hit staggered thrust one foot out to stay his fall he stood bracing himself in that manner without thrust foot shooting from the hip three shots he fired the roar of his rifle loud above the lighter sound of the revolvers with the third shot morgan raised his gun in the smoke that was settling to the floor the taller of the gunmen lay stretched upon his face the other arms rigidly at his side held a little way from his body head drooping to his chest turned dizzily two or three times spinning swiftly in his dance of death gave at the knees settled down gently in a strange huddled heap dead both of them dead the work of one swift moment when the blood curse fell upon this new quick-handed marshal of ascalon there was a choking scream and a woman's cry look out look out peden on the fringe of a crowd of shrieking great-eyed women ghastly in their painted mockery of their fear fired as morgan turned morgan blessed the poor creature who was woman enough in her debauched heart to cry out that warning as the breath of Peden's bullet brushed his face, Morgan could not defend himself against his assault. For the coward stood with one shoulder still in the huddling knot of women, and fired again. Morgan dropped to the floor, prone on his face as the dead man behind him. Peden came one cautious step from his shelter, leaning far over to see a smile of triumph baring his gleaming teeth. Another step while the crowd broke the stifling quiet with shifted feet morgan quick as a serpent strikes raised to his elbow and fired morgan had one clear look at peden's face as he threw his arms high and fell surprise which death swift in its coming had not yet overtaken bulged out of his eyes surprise no other emotion expressed in that last look upon this life and peden lay dead upon his own floor his hat fallen aside his arms stretched far beyond his head his white cuffs pulled out from his black coat sleeves as if he appealed for the mercy that was not ever for man or woman in his own cold heart chapter nineteen